Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I am your host, Christine Gritman. I am here every single week on the Adweek Podcast Network and also on YouTube, bringing you special interviews with guest experts about, shockingly, branding, especially different elements of personal branding and different nuances of expertise that you can use to improve yours. Um, So please do, if you are listening to the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and please leave us a review. If you're here on YouTube, also subscribe and leave a comment. And without any further ado, I'm going to tell you about our guest. This week's guest I'm really excited about. I've actually wanted to have her on for quite some time. And it's interesting that it took a little while because now we're talking about something different than I would have been discussing with her just a few short years ago. Today I'm having my, today I'm having a conversation with Jenna Sword. She is a personal branding expert. She's been, she's been teaching branding for years, but now she's actually kind of going back to her roots, which were in graphic design, very, very compatible with branding, of course. And she's getting into something very interesting that I know basically nothing about here. So I'm going to be learning here with the rest of us, AI art and how you can use it for your branding. So a lot of us are used to kind of seeing the bizarro nonsense from, you know, Dolly and things like that. But no, you can actually use AI art generators in a more controlled, strategic way to enhance your branding. So I'm going to bring on Jenna now, and she's going to tell us all about how we can do that. Hello, Jenna. (laughs) That's so cute. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. So, um, yeah, I would love to just jump right in. AI art, as I said, a lot of us see kind of like the weird things that people are having fun with creating. I hadn't even thought of using it as almost your own like stock image generator um, for for non-weird things (laughs) until you, until you and I had this conversation. So tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about... um, you know, what we're even talking about when we say AI art? Yeah, great question. So, um, you know, artificial intelligence art in its most simplified terms is they have created a, a technology that can piece together all of the information in the internet when it comes to visual images. And this artificial intelligence it can manage to basically create any picture of your imagination in any style. So that means just with the clicking of your fingers and typing out a sentence, if you want to see what, you know, a Boston Terrier looks like flying over Sedona wearing a Superman costume, you can have that produced in a matter of a couple of seconds. And so um, high 
quality, beautiful art in any style you could ever imagine, referencing any artist or art movement in history. Um, so yeah, so that in a nutshell is basically what it is. And the new things that I've found for it is how to use it in your business. So now what do you use to generate these AI images? Is there a particular program? Do you have your own proprietary one? How do you do it? So um, we use actually about 20 different programs in the membership that I run. Um, so there's lots of different technology that's coming out right now. So, you know, of course, like what I generally tell people, if you're just like getting started and you just want to even like understand how it works, um, you can go in and try like free images uh, through things like Canva. Canva has its own art generator in it. Um, Dele, as you were talking about, has its, you know, you can get like 20 free credits and go start generating there. Um, even companies, there's a new company out that's called runwayml.com. And it's really exciting because uh, they're going to be like the first uh, technology out that's going to be text to video. So, um, but in like what I basically teach is I teach a combination of of combining different AI technologies together. So there's lots of proprietary technologies that I don't talk about publicly. Um, and then also, uh, we're also developing our own platform as well. So it's kind of like, but to get your feet started, you know, get your feet wet, get get started. I, I highly recommend like going in and playing with Dolly and Canva and just understanding like the basics of how to like generate even an idea. Now we've all seen kind of the weird surrealist nightmare ones that people have been doing just for fun. So I imagine it takes a bit of practice and refinement to understand how to give the right information into these tools so that what you get out is something that you want. So if someone's just beginning, first of mm -hmm. all, I imagine they probably shouldn't start with, you know, human imagery, but what's a good place to start if someone's just starting to explore AI art generation? Yeah. So, um, okay. So when it comes to like business owners trying to create content for their business or create creatives for things like um, paid advertising with Facebook and Instagram ads, we've discovered that using any kind of AI art in those things generates higher click-through rates and lower cost per lead. Um, just for example, like this time last year, I was running ads with normal stock images from companies like Shutterstock or just random stock images or even branded images. And our cost per lead on Facebook was around 4 or $5 per person for, you know, general PDF lead magnet. What we discovered is by using AI images, and like I said, you you could seriously create some pretty cool stuff in um, something like Canva using those in your ads. Like we ended up getting our cost per lead down to 75 cents per person just because the images are interesting, they're different. And the types of things that you would want to be um, using as a prompt in the very beginning would be whatever's relevant to your industry or brand. So for example, let's say you have like a spiritual company, like the some of the terms that you may want to type into something like the Canva text to image generator would be like, you know, celestial woman uh, looking at the stars, right? And it's going to produce, and you can even put in a style. So you could put it in like in oil painting or in the style of Van Gogh or, um, you know, in the style of the Renaissance or whatever, whatever art movement or artist do. And it will actually create a bunch of different generations of what a celestial woman, and you could even like 
give her some, you know, hair or age, or, you know, like, let's say you primarily focus on women who are 16 over, you could put like, oh, you know, a blonde woman who's over 60 looking at the stars, celestial woman in the style of la la la. So there's lots of ways to compose these things. Um, but basically what ends up creating a really great prompt is uh, something that talks about subject, talks about environment, talks about art movements, um, that you make a decision. Are you looking to do like a coloring book picture? Are you looking to do like a simple illustration? Are you looking to do a painting? Or are you looking to do a photograph? And that's going to greatly, um, you know, shift the output depending on all of these variables. I hope I hope. <laughs> yeah, that was huge. So speaking of the output, I'm curious about the input that these mm -hmm. different AI generators have. Because I'm, I'm wondering, obviously the technology differs from platform mm -hmm. to platform, but mm -hmm. you know, are they generally taking imagery from across the web? Are some of them mm -hmm. connected to stock sites? Do you know where they get the information that they're manipulating in order to create mm -hmm. these images? Yeah, so uh, the images are generally created referencing everything um, on the internet. The way that these machines work is that they have programmers in the background going through and leaving what pictures are. So just for the sake of simplicity, let's say that, um, you know, imagine that they call it machine learning and the machine learns from input from, you know, backend programmers training it. And so what these programmers are doing, let's say you have every picture of every monkey on the web and you know how there's like different kinds of monkeys, for example, well, somebody in the background is, is adding the tag monkey to every single picture available on the web. And then also going into the specifics of like baboon or, you know, whatever different types of, of monkeys there are, chimpanzee or whatever. And so what happens is when somebody is putting in a prompt into one of these systems, it's going through its entire database of knowledge of like what makes a monkey a monkey. And there are some very defining facts that, you know, even across different species, monkeys can look very similar. So it's training the technology about like what thing are. And so when you actually put um, just something as simple as a monkey or just something as simple as the entire body of work of Van Gogh or Picasso or any artist in history, and you mix those two things together, the machine learning is combining its knowledge of what those two things would be in a completely 100% unique way. So it's not a filter. It's not a derivative work of a current uh, thing in existence. There's a lot of debate right now around copyright and style and all these things, because when it comes to trademarked things, like something like, let's say, Darth Vader, um, it will produce pictures of Darth Vader. But in that instance, you'd have a trademark issue because the concept of Darth Vader is owned by, you know, um, Disney right now and wouldn't be able to actually use it commercially. But when it comes to like the combination of art styles with something simple like an, a non-trademarked monkey or whatever it is that you're doing, um, the system will produce stuff that is 100% unique. It will never create the same thing again in most systems. There's a couple of systems that that uh, may or may not be true, but in most systems, it'll create something 100% unique. And therefore, depending on the licensing of which company you're working with, 
um, you usually can use those images commercially. And that means that you can sell the images for stock. You can uh, use them in your business without having to get permission from an artist. Um, and so that's kind of like the basics of like, of like how it works and, um, and what makes this so revolutionary. It's not like you're going onto Google, stealing somebody's copyrighted picture, putting a filter on it and using it. You're actually using the intelligence of artificial intelligence to create something completely unique in you that you have rights to. And copyright wise, I imagine they're going to have to define how far it has to change before it is considered, you know, a derivative work rather than, you know, the copyrighted image itself. And I love that philosophical moment of what makes a monkey a monkey. That <laughs> this is this is going to be pretty interesting stuff. Um, are you able to feed elements into it? Are you able mm -hmm. to say upload a whole bunch of your branded imagery mm -hmm. and? sort of have the AI come up with something specific that is actively derived from your branded materials. Yeah. So, and you know, we were talking about derivative works there. You really don't actually have to worry about derivative works for the most part, because like derivative works always mean the exact lines or likeness of an artist that is identifiable from the artist. And so when it comes to these, they're not really derivative works. They're entirely new generations. Now, this creates like an entire ethical debate because in one of the systems that we use right now, uh, you have to upload 20 images of yourself. And when you upload these images of yourself, the machine learns about all the lines on your face. It learns about how your body is structured. It understands like when you have a little roll in your arm or, you know, like what are the, you know, every like sort of aspect of you. And what it can do is turn around and spit out new images that look exactly like you. Like it could, you, it looks like you're wearing a costume. You had a branded photo shoot. Like there is no uh, interpretation of how you look. It looks exactly like you. And it is learning from images, but there is no derivative, like direct, like you would never be able to lay a picture on top of it and go, oh, it got it from that picture. It's a combination of attributes that are happening over 20 images. So you don't really have to worry about derivative or like it coming from something where an artist can come see you. That part of it is happening like there's a whole entire ethical debate about style and when somebody has a, an originated style and it's being applied to something um you know could that eventually be a copyright potential issue well let's hope not because if laws change where we're not allowed to use certain styles the whole entire transformation of like the art world will be halted because styles cannot be copyrighted so i don't know if that answers your question but it's kind of hopefully it paints a picture of like of like how machine learning actually works. And it's not like a derivative of like one image that you could get sued. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. 
Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I find it really fast. I'm I'm very glad to hear that you can upload your own branded imagery in there, and that can be the style that you define. Hopefully, uh, it is interesting that it it sort of comes up with a composite of what you look like. That, of course, opens the door to well, what if you're uploading someone else's picture? We've all seen deep fakes, and as you mentioned, a lot of this technology mm. is moving into video. Um, there's also the facial recognition mm-hmm. privacy concerns. I know that social media platforms like Facebook are having to sort of bend over backwards to make it really clear, especially in certain states and countries. No, no, we're not saving you to a database. But in this case, it kind of is in a way you mm-hmm. are actively mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. to train machines. So I'm, I guess I'm a little bit curious about about the, the image privacy uh, mm-hmm. elements of that are they really um do they make you agree that you're only uploading your own stuff mm-hmm. um is it is it protected so that people all across the database who who are using this particular mm-hmm. ai techno- ai technology yeah. can't make you yeah so if you have images on the web um your likeness could very well be programmed into it uh so it's kind of like public information What's interesting is like, you know, celebrities, for example, have what they call a right to likeness. And so even, you know, I've actually produced some amazing um, things with like Dolly Parton or even like Darth Vader or whatever. And those could be considered like fan art, but you can never use those commercially. And and it also becomes questionable uh, because, you know... technically creating fan art is illegal. Um, A lot of celebrities and stuff like allow it to happen because, um, you know, it's, it's kind of an ego boost for them. Um, I did, I ended up doing a mural of, of, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Stassi Schroeder from Vanderpump Rules, but I'm in her (laughs) Facebook I'm in her Facebook group and I did an image of her looking like Marie Antoinette and I put it group and it went viral and she commented, Oh my God, this is amazing. So, you know, could I sell that? No. Could I give it to her to sell and, you know, give gift it to her? Yes. Um, if I have a bunch of images that are associated with my name and somebody is, and keep in mind, this is probably not going to happen for most of you because, um, unless you're, unless you're a big person in, in any industry with lots of pictures of yourself all over the internet, you probably don't have to worry about this, but anything that's like got a likeness on the web is probably up for fair game. So you could have somebody potentially make a picture of you without your permission. Um, when it comes to uploading stuff, you are uploading stuff that you have rights to. And even, even if you didn't, even if let's say you were referencing some random image you found that you didn't have access to, the output that is going to come from AI is going to change things so much that it's not considered a derivative work. And um, so it will reference things um, to give you an example, I recently did a pet portrait 
for a friend of mine who has a sick cat. And I took a snapshot um, of the of the cat from his Instagram stories. I fed it into the AI system. I also wanted to have a picture of Sedona in the background um, with st- stars and, uh, you know, red rocks. I didn't have the rights to the picture, um, but I uploaded it into the system because I'm on a private channel and nobody can see, you know, what I'm doing except for the, the robot gods. And I merged the two pictures and the request from... Um, I'm in a mastermind right now. We were creating this for for somebody who is in the mastermind. And the request from the group is like, can we make the cat, you know, wear a Lakers jersey um, sitting on a basketball with uh, the Sedona sky in the background with a UFO? And I produced the whole entire thing. It looked exactly like the cat because it referenced the original cat picture, but it was not the exact positioning or exact like image of the cat, but it created a cat that looked like the cat. It also um, put in a Lakers jersey on it, but didn't put the Lakers logo. I ended up having to do that manually. Um, and then I ended up, it ended up putting the cat on a basketball with a reference to the image in the background that I had uploaded, but it looked different like it was different red rocks different stars but it knew what to do and i used dolle um to actually go in and paint in um a ufo which you can do with dolly where you can actually like choose a subsection of the picture and like paint it in so i did this whole entire portrait and probably about i think like the first generation took about like four minutes and then like to to fine tune it and add in the Lakers jersey because we're not selling this. It was a gift for a friend. So we can do whatever we want. Um, I think like the whole entire thing took about 45 minutes and it looks like incredible. Like every, uh, it looks like the cat, everything is perfectly placed. There's no crazy, you know, extremities or weird, you know, things going on as you often see with AI. So it was like in that moment that I realized that um, you can really use this technology to create anything in your imagination. You just have to know the the right types of prompts, the right types of of technologies to put together, and you don't have to be wildly talented with creativity or uh, wildly talented in any of the Adobe products to be able to do this. It's literally AI with AI. <laughs> now, one thing I'm curious about: you did mention about how the guidelines between professional use or commercial use. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. personal use. When it comes to a lot of us who have very visible personal brands online, it can be tricky to figure out where the lines are. As you said, celebrities have rights to the use of their image. But, you know, Mm -hmm. someone like me or you, who we do have a lot of images of ourselves online. Mm -hmm. um, And then there's the fact that, you know, if I put something up there, if I'm not technically, if it's not an ad but it is Mm -hmm. technically part of my personal brand because what isn't, you know, where Mm -hmm. are the lines there and how can you kind of figure them out? I'm sure they're a little blurry right now and getting clarified since this is a very new situation, but in your experience and your expertise, where's the line between commercial use and personal use when it comes to someone who has an online personal brand? Well, you would never want to create anything um, of somebody else's image that, is like like let's just say like technically if i wanted to create an image of me and jenna kutcher together and i don't know her that would be like an unethical use right like i'd be yeah. creating deep fake being friends with somebody i'm not actually friends with right so um so that would be like something you would not want to do um but you know i've had fun with like superimposing myself with leonardo DiCaprio. like that was great fun so i think like and that's kind of like 
in the meme culture, there's certain things that are acceptable. Um, if I want to post a picture of me and Leonardo DiCaprio, as long as I'm not saying like, this is real and I'm like, haha, look at what AI can do. I think that that's totally fine. Like those people are probably not going to come see me. I'm not selling it. I'm not using it in ads. Right. Um, but for, you know, pretty much like anything's open. I, uh, I say like, if you, if you want to, let's say create a branded image of yourself and you're uploading and training a machine on the, the machines understanding your likeness, even if you don't have the copyright of the image of the photographer, for some reason they took a picture of you and you didn't get access to it, even uploading it in the machine is going to create something so different that it won't reference the images that they took. So there's no issue there. Um, I would say like that would be the only ethical thing is like, you know, creating deep fakes of people that you're not actually friends with. Otherwise, you can pretty much do anything that you want um, as long as you're not infringing on trademark. Like, you don't want to be creating any Disney characters. You don't um, even want to be creating, like, anything that could potentially, if you're using the image in an ad, you're using in the image to sell a product. Like, you would never want to dress up as Elsa from Frozen in AI and then, like, add that to a product. So that would be, like, a really great way to get sued um, or get a season season desist. So what you would want to do instead is, um, is, you know, stick to using things that are like universal. If you want to make yourself look like a goddess, you could do that or a witch or like something in the public domain. If you want to use any styles available, um, comic book styles, any of that, the one caveat I give to that is if you were becoming a AI artist and you were doing commercial work for other people, I make a recommendation to try not to steal from one artist who is working style. So let's say that you decided to create an entire body of uh, branded images and work and you really wanted to um, use Tim Burton style in every single picture and you created a whole entire brand about that. If you really like Tim Burton style, that's great. But what you could do instead so that you're not stealing from Tim Burton is you could actually mix that with three, you know, two, three other artists with similar styles. So that's coming up with something unique that's not directly representational. So like, for example, I did a, a branded portrait of me as um, a queen of hearts and I put Tim Burton in as an artist reference, but I also put in a couple of other artists that are kind of similar in style. They're like dark and gothic-y. And so what it did is when it made me the queen of, of hearts, it didn't make me have the, the heart lips that were really tight, um, but it kind of play with like sort of interesting things. So would I use that as a branded image? Probably not. I think if it's like identifiable to a working artist, I try to say like ethically, like for fun, have all the fun you want for actual commercial images, probably like don't do that. So the final thing that I want to talk about with, with the AI images here, I love that you said that you can upload whole bunch of images of yourself and it makes a composite. You also mentioned that the technology is moving towards video. And we've seen that that technology already exists on some level. We've seen deep fakes and all of that. The, yep. the logical step for a brand 
is to let virtual you create a whole bunch of content instead of always having to do your own video shoots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Does it have the technology to synthesize your voice? Is there technology at this mm-hmm. point where it can have mm-hmm. a virtual you and you can just type in a script and virtual mm-hmm. you will perform it? And if so, how advanced is that technology now? Like, does it work? Yeah. Um, great question. There's a couple different technologies you can play with um, that do similar things. So one I'm thinking of, and I might be getting the name of it wrong, is called Synthasia. And that's where you can actually type out a script and a very human looks, a very human looking spokesperson can read your script and write in very natural inflections that uh, like for the most part, don't sound like a robot. So if you wanted to have a co-host for the show that was AI, you could potentially do that. And I think that's called Synthasia, um, I believe. So that would be one interesting thing. Um, In regards to like actual video that looks like you, that sounds like you, I'm not sure yet about that, but um, there is a program that's called Descript. And Descript is like the most amazing thing ever. If you guys have ever heard of it before. I use it uh, to edit my podcast. Yeah, there you go. So it's an AI, um, you know, software that you can actually uh, upload a video. It will completely transcribe your video and it puts transcription in a word processor like platform where when you edit the word processor with cutting things out, um, it will actually edit the video. Well, there's an AI aspect to this. And I don't know if you know about it. It's called overdubbing. Have you ever used overdubbing before? I haven't yet, but I'm very, very intrigued. Yeah. So overdubbing is a feature in Descript where you can spend about 15 minutes reading a script. It's a really boring script. It's about the C. <laughs> and it's programming the AI voice to understand where your inflections are, what your voice sounds like. And it will actually program your voice. So when you type in Descript, it will actually speak it in your voice. And... Um, they make you, you know, click a confirmation that you have the right to your own voice, that you're not going to use it for anything. But you can imagine like the potential security things with like jumping in the phone and typing in somebody else's voice, like what, what that could be. Um, but it's amazing because what you can end up doing with the script is creating either videos or slideshows where you're speaking over them where you're not actually doing it. Um, you can add in like, let's say, you're using Descript for a client and the client forgot to say something, you can actually just type it and add them saying it without them having to re-record anything. So I would say like a combination of those two technologies, like you could probably like do some really fun stuff. Uh, but it is, as far as like actual video looking like actually you with your actual likeness is not here yet, but it is definitely coming. <laughs> My goodness. So I think that this actually could be an incredible solution for people who are camera shy. We keep saying, you know, you have to show up on video. Video is what the social media platforms want. Video makes people feel closer to you. This could be kind of a weird way to do that if you're scared of video. Yeah, I'm actually not even here right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's excellent. It's really an incredible likeness. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm most intrigued. I think I want to get started with this just because I know Mm -hmm. that when I put together presentations, when I go on speaking gigs, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm looking for like a stock image I could use of something in particular. I don't use stock for my own social media, but for a presentation, sometimes you want like a road with no bends or whatever, and you can't find the exact perfect image. So for those of us who want to just get started, just dipping your toes in, 
where do you recommend we go? What's kind of the lowest hanging fruit if we're not ready to really invest in this technology yet, but we want to play around with it a little? So if like, again, like Canva, great one to do. Um, you just, when you're in Canva on the left-hand side, if you go down to where it says apps, it's under text to image. Um, runwayml.com is the one I was telling you about that's coming out with the video. They actually have a text to image generator in there. You can use unlimited for free. The production is really cool because it looks a lot different than a lot of the things that are out there. And Dale, if um, it's D-A-L-L-E, if you go in and start creating stuff. Now, all three of these, um, the output is going to be nowhere near what I teach. <laughs> but it is going to give you um, awesome, like, a start with, like, being able to quick, you know, create quick images for a slide presentation. If you really want to come in and do, like, captivating social content that is using your likeness, like branded photos, um, using really cool branded images for your website, branded images on like every aspect of the business in your course, um, creating really cool, visually interesting things, or even doing like printed products like, you know, Oracle or tarot cards or, you know, journals or producing, like I've even produced, actually, this is kind of funny. I even, um, I just, I made this, this mug here, you know, with art that I had generated on, you know, AI. And so you can start to get really creative with uh, expressing what's ever in your brain into whatever products. Like I have stretch pants and dresses with art I've created on it. And it's like, why, why would I ever want to wear anybody else's designs when I can totally create in a matter of minutes. <laughs> oh my goodness. We could talk about this for hours, but yes. um, this is incredible. Jenna, where can people find you and find out more about you and what will they find there? Yeah. So there's a couple different places. So if you're interested in getting deep and like creating really professional imagery or finding somebody on your team to come in and create that imagery for you, we totally allow teams to come into this. You can find me, uh, the membership is at creativitythatconverts.com. So creativitythatconverts.com. And then if you want personally um, to get access to just my website with everything I'm doing, you can go to you can brand. So y-o-u-can-brand.com. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. This has been so enlightening. I'm definitely going to be following and seeing the uh, the AI art that you are putting out there. And I, I might I might play with it myself a little. Who knows? During yeah, that kind of dead space between Christmas and New Year's, good time I to play. Yes, 100%. 100%. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. It was really nice. And thank you so much for being here, whether you are listening to the Adweek podcast of Let's Talk About Brand, or if you are watching the YouTube video of Let's Talk About Brand. There's one more place you can join me every Tuesday on Twitter, as long as Twitter is still with us. Um, I am C. Gritman on Twitter, and on Tuesdays, I have hashtag chat about brand, where we discuss the week's topic. Please subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel, and thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. 
you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.